वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ स्निपेट्स आई एम डॉक्टर प्रणव पाटिल रेसिडेंट डॉक्टर एट शंकर नेत्रालय चेन्नई आई बी टॉकिंग अबाउट अर्ली पोस्ट ऑपरेटिव कॉम्प्लिकेशंस ऑफ कैटरैक्ट सर्जरी वोन लीक इंटेग्रिटी ऑफ अ वोन डिपेंड्स ऑन इट्स साइज आर्किटेक्चर एंड साइट बेस्ट इंसिजन्स आर दोज विच आर स्मॉल सेल्फ सीलिंग एंड लोकेटेड एट द लिम्बस एज इट हैज़ अ रोबस्ट फाइब्रोब्लास्टिक रिस्पॉन्स द इंटेग्रिटी ऑफ अ वोन एट द एंड ऑफ द फर्स्ट वीक इज टेन परसेंट ऑफ इट्स ओरिजिनल स्ट्रेंथ by the end of 8 weeks is 40% and by the end of 2 years is 75 to 80% and it never regains 100% of its original strength back wound leak can be due to various reasons like incorrect suture placement or tying tearing or button holing of the tunnel false passages within the tunnel excess cautery and eye rubbing it manifests as poor vision ocular hypotony broad corneal folds and a shallow ac The diagnosis is usually made by performing a Seidel's test. Small leaks noted in the first or second post-operative day self-seal due to the post-op inflammatory process. If the leak persists after the first few days, then medical treatment is necessary. Corticosteroids inhibit wound healing and hence their dose should be reduced. Aqueous suppressants reduce the flow of aqueous from the wound and hence this will promote healing. Cycloplegics improve ciliary body function by reducing hypotony induced by ciliary body detachment. Prophylactic antibiotics help protect against endophthalmitis. Full-time patching or soft contact lenses may be used if the leak is persistent. Suturing of the wound is indicated when the AC is flat or shallow with persistently low intraocular pressure and in cases with iris prolapse. Wound rupture is the traumatic opening of previously sealed wound with extrusion of intraocular contents. The risk of wound rupture depends upon size and architecture of the wound. The rate of post-operative iris prolapse is around 2 to 3% after ECCE surgery. The strength of various incisions is the limbal incision can withstand pressures of around 160 mmHg. Two steps scleral incisions can withstand a pressure of around 400 mmHg. and a three step scleral incision can withstand a pressure of about 2000 mmhg surgical management is usually done in cases of wound rupture the iris can either be repositioned or excised generally if iris is prolapsed for more than 24 hours then it is excised and sent for culturing to avoid risk of endophthalmitis corneal edema stromal and or epithelial edema may occur in the immediate post operative period Main causes of corneal edema after cataract surgery include surgical trauma from instruments, phacoenergy, intraocular lens, lens fragments and a prolonged duration of the surgery, desmets membrane detachment, elevated intraocular pressure, retained viscoelastics, retained lens matter, pupillary block, toxic anterior segment syndrome and chemical injury due to preservatives in irrigating solution. Striate keratopathy is the presence of corneal edema with desmate membrane folds after cataract surgery in an eye with relatively healthy and clear cornea and in absence of obvious desmate membrane detachment it is seen as radiating desmate membrane folds near the incision and also centrally corneal clarity will depend on the degree of insult slit lamp examination is crucial to rule out a desmate membrane detachment Treatment of post-operative corneal edema includes topical steroids which help reduce the degree of inflammation, hypertonic saline eye drops and eye ointment which help reduce epithelial edema, oral carbonic anhydrase inhibitors which help reduce intraocular pressure. Etiology specific treatment should be started at the earliest. Toxic anterior segment syndrome 
It is the acute, sterile, post-operative anterior segment inflammation following any anterior segment surgery. It can be due to various reasons like ophthalmic instrument contaminants, detergent residues, denatured OVDs, incorrect pH and osmolarity of the irrigating solutions and ocular medications, preservatives in antibiotics and cycloplegics, IOL polishing and cleaning compounds. It usually presents as blurred vision in the absence of pain in the first 12 to 48 hours after surgery. On examination, we can find that there is a limbus to limbus corneal edema which is pathognomic of toxic anterior segment syndrome. We can see an anterior chamber reaction in the form of AC cells, flare and a hypopion. There may be a fibrinous membrane in the anterior chamber around the pupil. The pupil is fixed and dilated and is damaged. Trabecular meshwork damage may eventually lead to development of secondary glaucoma. Management of toxic anterior segment syndrome includes intense topical steroid therapy which will help reduce the inflammation. In some cases, oral steroid therapy might be indicated. Topical cycloplegics which will help reduce the ciliary spasm and also help maintain the blood aqueous barrier. Topical antibiotics help protect against the risk of endophthalmitis. Intraocular pressure monitoring is crucial in toxic anterior segment syndrome. A very close differential of toxic anterior segment syndrome is acute endophthalmitis. Acute endophthalmitis The incidence of acute endophthalmitis after cataract surgery ranges between 0.04 to 0.2%. The risk factors for acute endophthalmitis include diabetes, complicated surgery, chronic alcoholism, wound-related complications, posterior capsular rupture and vitreous loss, a higher amount of instrumentation and a longer duration of surgery, a prior history of intraocular surgery and inferior incisions. Around 60% of the patients of acute endophthalmitis present within the first week, 20% of the patients present within the second week and around 20% of the patients can present up to 6 weeks after the surgery. Patients present with blurred vision, red eye, pain and swollen eyelids. On examination, we can see lid edema, conjunctile injection and chemosis, hypopion with loss of red reflex, corneal infiltrates and ring ulcers may also be seen. We have to be sure to look for wound abnormalities which include wound gape, wound leak, torn or loose sutures or vitreous incarceration into the wound. Since there is no view of the retina, we need to perform a USG B scan to look for vitreous membranes, any choroidal thickening, retained lens fragments and retinal detachment. Maximum number of cases of acute endophthalmitis grow a single organism. In 70% of the cases, coagulase negative staphylococcus like staph epidermidis is grown. Other common organisms causing post-op acute endophthalmitis include staphylococcus aureus and streptococcus. It is important to differentiate between toxic anterior segment syndrome and acute endophthalmitis as both of them present in a similar manner. The onset of toxic anterior segment syndrome is within 12 to 48 hours after the surgery. The patient presents as a mildly symptomatic patient with minimal lid swelling and discharge. Whereas a patient of acute endophthalmitis presents usually within 2 to 7 days after the surgery with severe pain, lid swelling and discharge. In toxic anterior segment syndrome, the patient is going to have a characteristic limbus to limbus corneal edema with a raised intraocular pressure and a fixed dilated non-reacting pupil. In patients of acute endophthalmitis, corneal edema is present but is specific to the area of trauma. Intraocular pressure is usually not very high and the pupil is reactive. In both the conditions, anterior chamber inflammation is present. 
However, vitreitis and presence of vitreous exudates on B scan is seen only in acute endophthalmitis. Patients with toxic anterior segment syndrome usually show dramatic improvement with steroids and patients with acute endophthalmitis worsen if steroids are started in the absence of an antimicrobial cover. Retained lens matter The incidence of retained lens matter after a cataract surgery is from 0.5 to 1.5%. The incidence is higher in phaco surgery than ECCE. Retained lens matter can present as corneal edema, raised intraocular pressure, anterior chamber inflammation, uveitis, and vitreous opacities. Nuclear material causes more inflammation as compared to cortical material. The management of retained lens matters includes topical corticosteroids, topical NSAIDs, and anti-glaucoma medications. Surgical management is irrigation and aspiration through the original incision. The indications of surgical management include a large or visually significant retained lens material, inflammation and raised intraocular pressure which are not responding to topical medications, significant corneal edema, and retained lens matter which is associated with retinal tears, retinal detachment, or endophthalmitis. The incidence of intravitreal fragments after a cataract surgery is from 0.1 to 0.6%. Usually, this needs a pars plana vitrectomy within 1 to 2 weeks of the surgery. Shallow anterior chamber If we encounter a shallow anterior chamber on post-operative day 1 after cataract surgery, we need to measure the intraocular pressure and also perform Seidel's test. If the intraocular pressure is high and the Seidel's test is negative, we can suspect choroidal hemorrhage, pupillary block, or malignant glaucoma. If the intraocular pressure is low and the Seidel's test is negative, we can suspect choroidal detachment or a ciliary body shutdown. If the intraocular pressure is low and the Seidel's test is positive, we can confirm that there is a wound leak. Intraocular pressure changes after cataract surgery. Raised intraocular pressure after cataract surgery can be grossly divided into open angle and closed angle pathologies. In open angle pathologies, we have primary open angle glaucoma, blood induced glaucoma, hyphema, uveitis, retained lens material, dislocated nuclear fragments, the use of corticosteroids, retained OVDs. Retained OVDs usually block the trabecular meshwork and hence reduce the aqueous outflow. The intraocular pressure which is raised due to retained OVDs peaks in 4 to 72 hours post-operatively and usually returns to normal within 24 to 72 hours. Closed angle pathologies which cause a raised in intraocular pressure after cataract surgery mainly include two main conditions which are pupillary block and malignant glaucoma. Pupillary block is the most common form of angle closure glaucoma after cataract surgery. The pupillary space or iridectomy is usually occluded by vitreous, blood, inflammatory debris, IOL or lens matter. In patients with pupillary block, we have a deep central anterior chamber with a flat or shallow peripheral anterior chamber with iris bombay configuration. On gonioscopy, the angles are occluded. The treatment of pupillary block includes a yak peripheral iridotomy, which is a definitive treatment. Pupillary dilatation, which relieves the pupillary block and breaks synechiae, and anti-glaucoma medications. Malignant glaucoma. Malignant glaucoma is a close differential of pupillary block. It is also known as aqueous misdirection syndrome. Aqueous gets misdirected into the vitreous cavity due to contact of ciliary body with lens or anterior hyaloid phase. 
the anterior hyoid phase acts as a one way valve and hence forward movement of vitreous occurs due to build up of aqueous behind it shallow anterior chamber centrally as well as peripherally with a presence of a patent peripheral iridotomy is the hallmark feature of malignant glaucoma malignant glaucoma is seen maximally in patients with prior history of angle closure glaucoma the immediate medical management in patients of malignant glaucoma includes topical atropine which pulls the iris lens diaphragm back and stops further posterior flow of aqueous and anti glaucoma medications like topical beta blockers topical and oral carbonic anhydrase inhibitors and hyperosmotic agents thank you for listening we'll be back with a new episode next week